Radio, giving you the tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. I'm your host, Dr. Candace Nadine Green. Welcome to Inspirational Monday on Awakened Path Radio. Today, our guest is Adam Rose. He's a musician and visionary and creator of Dissolving the Dream. Welcome to our show today, Adam. Good morning, Candace. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Now, we said that you were a musician. So how has music played a role in what you are doing for the greater good, so to say? Well, that's a really good question, actually, because it gives me confirmation in who I am. Because ideas, you can lose conviction in. Sometimes you can lose confidence in them being accurate. But music is very accurate in terms of like being a barometer for who you are. So when you create something that you really love, you know that it's good and it doesn't necessarily need confirmation from other people for you to know that about yourself. And obviously the, the quote from the Bible, you, sh- you shall know yourself by your works applies here very much so. And so what you create represents who you are And so the music really gives me a a great confidence in who I am more than anything else. So it has been fundamentally important. And it's also a microcosm of the whole. So it holographically reflects reality perfectly. So I can use musical concepts to kind of relate them to the larger picture. And it's often stunningly clear how much they reflect one another. And we think in terms of vibration. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with Schopenhauer too, he was quoted as saying that music was the highest art form because it did not represent anything but was the thing itself. So like a painting represents nature, whereas music is the actual thing. And I do believe it has the most emotionally impactful effect of any art form, that's my opinion. I think quite a few people might agree with me on that right. regard. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what do you do in regards to your music? I mean, do you sing? Do you play? How do you organize it to get your message out? I play a lot of different instruments. I mm-hmm. sing as well. Singing is not my forte, but I've been <laughs> told that I do sing well when I, when I do try to sing. But I play a lot of different instruments. I'm just starting the clarinet now. That's my latest instrument, mm-hmm. but... It helps for me to focus on what I'm best at. And it's very easy for me to spread myself too thin and try to learn too much at once. But guitar is by far my best instrument. I've been playing a lot of piano lately too. And I really play whatever I can get my hands on. And it's not so much that I'm trying to get a message out in the lyrics of my music so much as it's just a form of self-expression. There certainly have been some songs that I've written which are directly related to the human condition and a brighter future or the, the difficulties of living in this reality. But it's more than anything, it's just a form of self-expression because when I think it comes down to it, ideas are not quite as important as the vibe or the emotional power behind something and how it connects us, brings us together. So 
that's where I think music is the most powerful. So it wouldn't necessarily even need words or it could be in a different language perhaps and you might still be able to gather the emotional impact of what you're getting in the music without even knowing what the people are singing about. Now, were you exposed to music as a child? Um, how did you become a musician? How did you become so yeah. um, multi-musically talented? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. And everything. Sure. Well, my parents were both into music and I had an older brother, well, I have an older brother, seven years older. And so from a very young age, I remember him practicing his cello. So naturally I wanted to play the cello a few years later. So mm -hmm. I took that up at nine. A couple of years later, I found a guitar in the basement, real piece of junk, but it was something to play and learn on. And I immediately picked it up and could basically play it right away without having to learn a whole lot. And my mother was a very good piano player. And my dad is mostly a flute player and recorders. He's actually in a recorder choir still today. But there was always lots and lots of records. We had some pop music, obviously the Beatles, stuff like that, the, mm -hmm. the classics. And I get into Aerosmith and, and Billy Idol, stuff like mm -hmm. that when I was really young and Pink Floyd. And with my brother as an older, as an influence, he introduced me to a lot of music. I still love The Clash. That's one of my first bands that I really got into. So there was and tons and tons of records. We would always listen to classical music at dinner. And I, I remember as a child, I would, if I heard a melody that I really, really liked, it would oftentimes get stuck in my head for several days or weeks. So I'd, I'd really just was super, super drawn to good melodies from a, a very early age. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And when did you, and when was the, at what point did you, did it become clear to you to use your music to um, get your message out? When did you start to say, hey, I'm going to get using music? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I'm not sure exactly when I had that kind of epiphany. I can kind of think back even to when I was in a high school. I, I thought I had a conviction about my playing that it could affect people very powerfully even before I was into spirituality at all. So in a, in a sense, it might have been there to a certain degree back then. And I think maybe I, I really consciously realized this at some point in my 20s. I, I remember... I won't share the exact experience because it's just a little weird, but <laughs> I remember having a kind of a, an epiphany that I was here to heal through music and that was going to be a, a huge part. And so I, for a while it was, it was a question whether to keep my music separate from my visionary mm -hmm. ideas. And as time goes on, they just merge closer and closer together. And I see how they, they kind of must be one ultimately. Now, why do you think in your opinion, why do you think your message is so important during these particular times, especially with what's going on today in the world. Yeah, well, it's practical. It's a, it's a practical message. I'm not simply preaching about something metaphysical. I'm not mm -hmm. talking about just ideas, but I'm talking about something that's real, something that we can actually apply mm -hmm. to right now, because that's what we really need. Mm -hmm. And I'm appealing to reason very much of the time. And I, I recognize when, when we're, we can either be in narrative, we can be in story. And that's when we're actually telling a story, we're contextualizing human existence. And I recognize when I'm in that element. And I also recognize when I'm being practical. And when it comes down to spirituality, I, I know that we cannot really divorce spirituality and practicality. They have to be one. 
So if we're talking about spirituality, we have to talk about what we can actually do that's practical, that can actually create positive effects. And there is absolutely no shortage of evidence from an individual's life, plus academic evidence that also affirms the fact that relationships are by far the most important thing in our lives. And so it's, it's completely evident just from our own observation of our own lives. When we start to think about what's going to make today a good day, having this interview with you, how is that going to affect me when I go out today? What are the interactions that I'm going to have with people when I go outside today? How is that going to influence my mood, right? And right. the more we pay attention to relationships, the more just obvious it becomes that it really is the most basic thing, the most fundamental thing, the most important thing. And if you think about like when a baby's born, mm -hmm. the world is just pretty much just mom for a few days yeah. or weeks. And then the, <laughs> and then the circle grows and then, and then it, it, it's more and more. And then if you think of the end of the life of a human being, if they die somewhat naturally, then they're surrounded by people and they realize relationships once again are the, are the very most important thing. And so it's something we all know and maybe we don't pay too much attention to this all the time consciously, but we all absolutely know that relationships are the most important thing. And that's the way that I'm approaching healing the world because I don't see another way as actually being viable. I see a lot of other great ideas out there, but if they're missing this aspect, then I don't believe that they're really gonna work. If we wanna focus on different economic models, for example, until we heal that relational piece first, I don't see us having a real, uh, realistic chance. But unfortunately, most people are bypassing this aspect and they're looking at things that are metaphysical. They're looking into all kinds of occult things. They're looking into aliens and the moon and, and Antarctica and Tartaria or whatever subject matter they're interested in. And they're bypassing what's most fundamental. And we absolutely cannot get anywhere without being practical and focusing on what is most fundamental. Unfortunately, our own experience verifies for us that it's so that relationships are the absolutely most important thing in our lives. So I don't have to fight the current so much, but I still have a little bit of a battle with wrong ideas, I would say. That's where the battle really mm -hmm. lies here. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> you just you talked about uh, relationships. Now, is that the overall message that you're trying to convey in your work? Or if not, what is the overall message that you're trying to convey with your, your work? Well, the, the message is that we can live in a much, much brighter world, a world that is better in every single imaginable way, and that we have the tools already to solve every single problem that exists right now, and that any problem that arises will be able to address that and, and fix it very quickly as well. So I'm not worried about individual problems. I don't, I don't care what it is. We can take care of it very quickly. Michael Moore did a movie called Who to Attack Next a few years ago. I don't know if you saw that, but he addressed about 10 different problems in, in 10 different countries, something like that. And he showed how they're doing things better in these different countries. So that's just one example you can look at to see that the solutions do, in fact, already exist. And I have complete confidence that we will address particular problems as they come up and heal them very quickly if we have the unity necessary to do so. Unity. So... Right. And when I talk about unity, I always want to say unity in authenticity, because obviously you could go to a football game, you have 70,000 people uh, focused on a football game. And in a sense, they're united in that aspect. 
But what I say is unity and authenticity. And in this respect, 10 people that are really united in a really authentic way is, I think, far more powerful than 100,000 people watching a football game. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot the original question. Oh, uh, how, what's the overall message in your work? That's... Oh, yeah. So it, it's, about, <clears throat> it's about moving into this brighter experience. And I mm-hmm. say that we can heal this experience that we're having very quickly. We're talking on technological devices right now. And these, this technology allows ideas to spread mm-hmm. incredibly rapidly right now. So there's really nothing that's preventing good ideas from traveling mm-hmm. far across the globe very quickly. And, and, some, and I, I liken it to like a forest fire where mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a positive way, where it can get started maybe with a little spark and a flame and it can quickly erupt into a, a great big forest fire if the conditions are right for it. I kind of liken us to like maybe all trees in a forest and we can kind of be lit up by this divine light very quickly once this spark creates a flame and then creates a little fire and then it can light the entire forest on fire. I know it's not the most pleasing analogy, especially if we live out West right now. <laughs> yeah, but, right. <laughs> but, but, it, but it is a good metaphor for how right. this, can, this can take off. So right. I really see it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how information spreads with all the technology we have. I mean, it is like a forest fire. It's consuming and it mm-hmm. spreads very quickly. Right. Right. Exactly. Which, so we have that potential with the technology. And so mm-hmm. that, that aspect is absolutely necessary. I don't believe that we could be doing this without this technology present. So we have to look at this in the right way and recognize that all kinds of social media and things that I was rejecting myself for quite a few years, we can use this in a, in a positive way to get the message out. And it really is a, a necessary tool for us. But I just want to finish answering the question mm. that we can move into this much brighter experience of reality and we can do it very quickly. And what I'm saying, the tool for us to do that is through our relationships. And I'm making that very clear that that's first and foremost thing that we have to focus on. Very good. Mm-hmm. Now, you are also the creator of Dissolving the Dream. We're going to probably talk a lot, a lot more about that in our next interview. But what led you to creating this Dissolving the Dream? Yeah, about, let's see, maybe about 10 years ago, I, I first started to get into group work with other people. Actually, it was a little bit more than 10 years ago. And then I first started to try to do this on my own. And I really developed this conviction that this was really the way through group work. And about right before 12, 21, 12, around that time, I made my first effort. So I built up the website the first time. And my ideas were were pretty much the same as they are now, but they just weren't nearly as developed as they are now. But I had this really strong conviction that meeting in small groups with other people in a comfortable, cozy environment and just being really real authentic and then and doing a few practices, which I, which I go through in, in depth with the plan, mm-hmm. could be a radically transformative experience for people. And as time goes by, I only gain conviction in this idea that this really is the way. And for us to be focusing on really large issues in the world involving countries and and the president and all all these mammoth kind of issues Mm -hmm. that we're we're focused on when we're bypassing ourselves Mm -hmm. and how we relate to one another like why is it that we 
can walk down the sidewalk and just ignore everybody. That's very <laughs> strange to me. I mean, we, we have a word for people called strangers. And that's just a very concept, weird concept in itself. Like, how can somebody be a stranger? You know, my, my initial slogan at, at the time was nothing stranger than being a stranger. So I don't see how you can possibly expect to have a sane world when everybody is basically a stranger to one another. And I, I make no reservations stating it's not just about going out and changing how you interact with people, because we've all done that hundreds of thousands of times, especially if we're on this conscious path of maturation, we try a different technique here or there. But the real thing that needs to happen is that we need to form really supportive bonds that focus on us being not artificially nice to one another, but real, really real with people. And being able to express ourselves in ways that we typically don't, because it takes an enormous amount of energy to keep on a persona that's not real. Mm -hmm. And the more that we can just get comfortable in our authenticity and, and encourage others to do that too, it can be like a huge weight off our shoulders. And that's really where the magic happens. And I like to think of like rock bands, for example, great rock bands that mm -hmm. had some really great synergy between the members. And what happens when people really sync their energy in a way that's super harmonious, you can get this incredible music. So, so, if we focus on the micro, if we focus on relationships, that is the gold mine. And that's what most people are bypassing in their ideas about how to shift reality. But that really is the only way. Now, <clears throat> we mentioned that we have this great technology to help us get our, our uh, messages and our word out to the public. What, how do you... Um, how can I say this? How do you get your message to the masses? Besides, I mean, do you, do you go out, do you go and speak? Do you use the technology? Is it email? I mean, how do you get people to jump on your, jump on board and come along with you on this journey? Well, great question. I, I could use a few suggestions if you have any, actually. I'm, I'm just learning. <laughs> I just learned Facebook this year. I had an account for a while and I just, in January, I just, went on and I started using a little bit more and I'm developing a, a Twitter account as we speak as well. And I logged on to in Instagram the other day. And so I started that as well. So I'm recognizing that social media is something necessary that I have to get mm. involved in and, and YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I've developed a good body of work, but I haven't really understood how to get the ideas out there. I've also, it's, it, might take a little bit of time to go into some of the physical challenges I've been facing over the years as well. But that's mm -hmm. been a, a huge roadblock as well in terms of how confident I've been in getting out there while I'm dealing with some really, really difficult physical challenges. Mm -hmm. So that, that is a really good question. All I can tell you right now is that every day I'm, it's, I'm so magnetized to this goal that I'm, every day I make a list of things I think will be most helpful in getting the message out there. Mm. And I try to get a, at least something accomplished every day that will help me move in the right direction here. But it's certainly a learning process, but I have the conviction in these ideas and I'm just going to keep moving forward with it. And I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but hopefully I'll meet the, the right people at the right times who can help me move things forward here. That's right. And it's going to be a very exciting journey. So, um, do you have any upcoming work events 
or classes, et cetera, that you want to share with our listeners today? Yeah, well, I'm going to be starting this group in about a week from today, actually. It's going to be eight days from today. Mm-hmm. We're going to, I'm going to introduce this to a whole bunch of people. So I've started a meetup group and I'm going to probably advertise it on Facebook too. I've got some support from a, a local church here that uh, the minister really has taken a liking to some of these ideas. And so I'm hoping for a, a good turnout here. I've tried to start this up a, a number of times so far. It hasn't really taken off the way I wanted it to, but I have such a strong conviction in it that nothing can really stop me. So I can go through a, a difficult period and, and give up on it for a while. Maybe I'll focus on my music for a while, but I keep coming back to these ideas and the convictions only grow stronger. But hopefully, hopefully this is going to be the time that people will respond better to this. And I see a lot of promise in the conditions of the world right now, mm-hmm. the unrest, the, the extreme stress that empaths and sensitives are under right now, mm-hmm. and recognizing the, the need for bonding and community. And the, it seems very promising, like the interest in tiny homes and community mm-hmm. and organic gardening and all these things represent to me this desire for a, ma- a more natural way of life and the mm-hmm. desire to be connected with one another and to no longer live as strangers to one another. So I see the conditions as really fertile for something like this taking off right now. So mm-hmm. I, it, it's important to recognize that consciousness is changing as we, mm-hmm. as we move through these years here. And, I, and that's what I see happening now is the, is the ground is getting more fertile for this type of thing to really take off. So hopefully I'm right about that. <laughs> right. Now it's yeah. easy, as you mentioned, just to get discouraged and, um, to, to give up temporarily and then come back to whatever it is that you were doing. I know I've been through that many times. Um, but is there something or, or some little inspiration that will give you that extra kick that will make you say, yes, I'm, I'm doing this right. I'm not going to give up. What, what makes you say, what makes you keep going? Mm, good question. <laughs> Hope I didn't well, no, no, it's, it's, it's a really good question. And, you know, I'm kind of getting nice little uh, divine vibe right now. So it, it could be anything. It could be, I'm, I'm really goofy. You know, when I go out in public, I <laughs> engage with people in a, in a very silly way. And, I, and oftentimes it's just like these silly interactions I'll have with people where I'll ask them a bizarre question um, when I'm in the grocery store or something. And it's, it's like if we can share just like a little bit of a, a positive interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that's all it takes. And right. I, I, a few weeks ago, this guy said he recognized how much just one smile could change his day or how much one mean look could change his day. So mm-hmm. we, we have to remember that we have such great power mm-hmm. in the ability to shift other people's lives just in the little things that we do for them. And so it can oftentimes be that little thing that someone reaches out in a way that, that gives me hope. And, and when, I, when I see how little we can do for others that can have such a huge impact, mm-hmm. it gives me great faith that we can be such great medicine to one another. So, but, you know, sometimes a, a new experience will be, will be a, like a, taking an unexpected turn on the road and finding a new Mm. restaurant or something or I, I don't know it could, it could be anything but I, I think when we have like this new uplifting experience it always puts us in a, in a better place so but yeah it could be a lot of different things that's awesome <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
Now, for those of us, for those of our listeners who want to connect with you for further information, how might they do that? Well, dissolvingthedream.com is my website. And I will, I hope to get some Facebook and Twitter icons and stuff like that up pretty soon. So to connect the social media platforms and also adamroseproductions.com is where you can hear my music and you can connect with me through that as well. Excellent. Well, it was a pleasure having you on our show today and I look forward to speaking with you again on our next episode. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Really good Thank questions. Thank you, Adam. Okay. okay. Joining us on Awakened Path Radio. Please check us out at www.awakenedpathonline.com. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Nadine Green, and you are listening to Awakened Path Radio, giving you tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. Namaste and let the day.